0: I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I heart my life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to IHeartMyLife.com join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life, and you are host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 209, Operations, Team, and Metrics 101 with Ange Quinn. So Ange is one of the incredible strategists in the I Heart My Life Mastermind, and she's somebody who's also a certified director of operations. So I asked her to jump on the podcast with me today to talk all things operations team and metrics and support you in understanding who you should hire and when some of the important metrics to look at behind the scenes to really uncover the health of your business And a little bit about operations and also when you should hire somebody just like her, somebody who's a director of operations or even an online business manager. So we're going to dive into all of that today. And just as a reminder, if you want to work with Ange and the rest of our incredible team of coaches at I Heart My Life, the I Heart My Life Mastermind is available for you. Go to iheartmylife.com slash mastermind to learn more. Now let's dive into the episode. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide, so if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to IHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the iHeartMyLife My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the I Heart My Life show, and I'm so excited to have you here and learn more about your backstory. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course. So you are a member of our team, one of our incredible coaches, and you support our clients with strategy and operations and team and all of those amazing things. And so we're going to chat a little bit about that as well. But first, I'd love for you to share your inspirational story of how you got started in your own business. Because I know for a long time, corporate was kind of your world and you had a really incredible job. And so you got out of that and moved into this space. So take us back and tell us how it all happened. (laughs) back
1: back starting about like 20 years ago (laughs) so i actually have um uh engineering degree and after university i was actually a lot like you i wanted to go and travel i moved to england got my first job there um and i was i ended up being pulled back home and home for me is canada and you know, initially, like I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to get stuck into the like rat race of of corporate yet. I I wanted to keep working and traveling. Um, but that's okay. I came back and got into an industry that's big in the city that I'm from. Um, I'll say oil and gas. Sometimes, sometimes it's like a political thing. Some people love it, hate it, but like I really went in because I traveled so much. I had no money. I was like, this is where the money is. It wasn't that that was my passion. Um, but yeah, I got sucked into corporate. And so I think because it wasn't my passion, I bounced around a lot. And through that, I learned so much. Like I did the engineering for a couple of years until that became too monotonous. And then moved into project management. And then same thing. Like I worked on multi-million dollar projects. Uh, projects, um, construction projects, learned a lot about like budget, schedule, managing a team. And then I I started to look into doing my MBA and wanted more business side of things. Like we didn't learn business side of things in engineering school. Um, So once I talked to a lot of people who had their MBAs, some of them kind of said like, you're working for a really big company if you could move into the business side, instead of the engineering and project side, then you you can gain some of that experience that way, like more organically, you could potentially save (laughs) $100,000 that you would spend on an MBA. So I had some great mentors in that company. And one of them brought me over as a business analyst. And I did like the Six Sigma, like the whole corporate spiel doesn't even matter. But basically, I learned how to analyze the back end of a business and look at like systems and processes of a huge corporation and where things were broken and, you know, work with the teams to get feedback on what things needed to be fixed. And I really, I really enjoyed that because I'm like a true problem solver. I really like to see, you know, what's fixed, what's broke or sorry, what's broken, what needs to be fixed. And then I, I love to come up with the solutions of how to make it work the best. And so I did that for a couple of years, was really enjoying it, and then a position came up in business development. I always was very interested in that side. It's like how do these projects even come about and how are these deals made and how do you like schmooze and network and like get business rolling. So I thought I'd throw my name in the hat and if it if I got it, I got it, which I ended up getting. And yeah, that was a couple of years ago. It was, like, it was very political at the time. There was a lot of moving pieces. There was a lot to do with regulations, um, even governments. <laughs> I learned all those aspects. Um, but at the end of the day, I was in a volatile industry and I got let go with a lot of people. And it was nothing personal. It was like my the project I was on literally died. And so, myself and like 500 people got let go, and it wasn't. I wasn't expecting it. I was enjoying my career. I was enjoying everything. I was learning. It was all building up, and it was just one of those wrong project, wrong time. Nothing personal. Had nothing to do with like the work that I was doing. And very shortly after that, (laughs) I ended up getting pregnant with my husband. So then that really started the okay something needs to change. I loved the corporate world while I was in it, but my life is about to change. And I'm not sure it's really going to fit being a mom and doing all the things. And I've heard from other friends, like it's a lot to juggle. So that's when I, that was about five years ago. And that's when I really started to learn everything online, like drank all the (laughs) Kool-Aid, listened to all the podcasts, the audiobooks. like I'm high fact finder. So I just was like, Studious, and I feel like I have an MBA online. Like I just learned all the different aspects from the different marketing strategies. Who who was top in the influencers? What people were doing for for businesses? And I knew I had a lot of information and a lot to share. And you know, I think I first started doing a blog because that's how a lot of people learn online is like they just start a blog and (laughs) go from there. Um, but yeah, so I drank kind of the course Kool-Aid, went down that route and thought I really want to teach people. What I really learned while I was learning all the online stuff was that there's so many people who are building businesses online that don't have like the business knowledge and the background to support their business. So they they hustle, they do everything themselves and they get to a point and they are so overwhelmed. They have no team. They don't even know where to start, how to hire someone, what to have prepared for them. They had no clue. And so I really saw that as not as an opportunity of like, okay, I actually know how to help you based on a lot of my experience in corporate. And I also got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I know the business aspect. Now I have to build my own business. And solidify my offer, solidify how to propose what my services to people online. And so I ended up learning about the OBM certification. And that led me to Natalie Gingrich's um, director of operations certification. And that really gave me the structure of, okay, you already have all of this knowledge, whether it's like the financials, the analytics, the project management, the team, this is how you can structure it to build your own business so that you can help serve clients. Because at the end of the day, like my ideal client, they didn't have time to learn a course to teach them how to do the things. Like they were like, can I just hire you to do it? And then like along came COVID and they were like, I know my kid is at home because daycare is closed. Like now I really need help. I don't have the time what can you do for me? And so yeah, last year, I definitely grew, I replaced my six figure corporate income. And now I'm loving the business that I've built. I love the clients that I can choose to work with. I love supporting your students, because I can see in them that they're also like, where I was and, and trying to build their dream and trying to get reach their goals. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my journey. And um, that's where I am now.
0: I love that. So there's so many pieces of that, that I want to go deeper with. So (laughs) in terms of, you know, I always say life did it for you. You got let go Mm -hmm. of your job and then you got pregnant and all these things happened and kind of led you to this down this path. Do you think you would have ever quit and started your own business? Had you not been let go?
1: No, I would have. And I 100% agree with everything that you just said. Like I would have stayed there because it was really comfortable. Um, Yeah, I was on a good career path. It was providing the income that I wanted. And I didn't, I wasn't seeking anything else. Like I didn't seek anything else until after they let me go. And then I was like, oh crap, now what? So I 100% agree. Like the whole, like everything happens for a reason. I, I definitely agree with that.
0: And so when you started down the online business path, obviously, like you said, you discovered OBMs, director of operations, but what was your first step? Um, Did you have a mentor who was in the online business space? Like how did you get the information that you were craving or what, where did you even come up with the idea of I'm going to look online?
1: Um, I think it was the whole blog. I was like, how do I get all my information? Like I'm I'm a nerd, like in the terms of as soon as I find something interesting, I'm like, how do I learn more? Like I will just research to death and I will just dive down the rabbit hole. And so at the time I was like, Hey, I know a lot of moms who are blogging. Like maybe that's just Mm -hmm. what I do for now. And so it was, I had bought a course to learn how to teach a blog. And then that kind of taught me about online courses And then that led me to the Amy Porterfield, like that route. And I did her DCA program, her Momentum program. And I think it was in there that I would be in these business groups. And that's where I saw people with their struggles. And I was like, okay, like I was going to try and teach like the business foundations and like just the different aspects that you need to know about business because I hadn't come across something like that. And then as I was watching people, I'm like, oh, I can, I can add that to my course per se. And then people would just like, just start talking about like, oh, I need somebody to help me with my launch. I'm like, okay, well, I understand the launch process because I just learned alongside with you. And I was really afraid to market myself at the end of the day. I was like, you know, that the course realm, like you really have to to put yourself out there so that people know what can buy from you. And I was really apprehensive about that. So then when I saw people struggling with just like, you know, getting to the finish line of their launch, like, well, that's a project. Like, I've I've managed lots of projects before. I can help you do that. And so I really started doing that. Like, instead of, I know a lot of women kind of come into the online world and they're like, well, I can, I can be a VA. I I can do all of, of like the admin stuff or like help with tech if they're really savvy. But I was like, no, I can help keep you accountable and make sure you're getting things done on time. That we hit that launch date, like, no problem, I can do that. And so that's kind of where I started helping people. And then it just became like I'd help people launch. And because I, just read about all the things or learned about different ways to do things as I was helping clients. And and then something would happen in the middle and we'd have to pivot. And then I'd be like, Oh, why don't we do this instead? Or how about let's try this? And so the strategy piece really started happening. And then people would really like spread my name in the groups, like, Oh, my launch strategist. Like they kept calling me the launch strategist. I was like, well oh, I like that. It's not just, this is a cookie cutter and this is the path that you have to follow. It's like, what works with your audience and then we'll build the launch from there. And so th- I think that was the piece that I started helping people and then I was like, okay, well what about business strategists? And then I came into the OBM space and learned about that and that was a lot of theory where Natalie's was like really like taking all of your your skill sets and like putting them into practice and how do you then help clients like with their businesses like in a practical
0: way. So Amazing, I love it. Yeah. so for people listening who don't know what OBM stands for, it's online business manager, just in case yeah, want to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. And so tell us a little bit more about team, and I know that's a loaded question, but a lot of entrepreneurs are listening to this podcast. Some at <laughs> they're overlea. Yeah. Some later on, but everyone wants to know when do we hire first, first of all, and who do we hire first? So can you answer those questions for us? When to hire is when you have
1: basically when you have tasks for somebody to do. And I was kidding. Yeah. Just going back to everybody starts out hustling and doing everything for themselves because at the end of the day, it's really a toss up, like it's time or money, right? Like you're, you're really apprehensive to hire somebody before you have money to pay for them. Cause that's, that, that's the nature of the game. Um, but if you're at the point where you're capped with your time or you're struggling to do something like, for example, you're building your own website because you're trying to be scrappy and save some money, but you're not getting anywhere with it. Like sometimes you just like, the investment back into your business, you really have to think about it like that and not just like the money that you're you're spending. It's like you're investing in your business to get whatever that hurdle is at that time, whatever is like you're not getting past on your own, hire that out. There's ranges of everything out there, but hire that piece out for somebody to help you to get it done so that you can move on. So I feel like the first thing you should do the first thing you should hire for is that first thing that's really holding you back. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to take uh, take note of where you're spending your time. I know mm-hmm. when I was in a program a few years ago, they had us do a time study. And that's something that I've done many times since then and had team members do where I could really see how I was spending my time and also get clear around what are the projects that are the $10 projects and the $100 yeah. projects and the 1000 and so on and so forth. And recognize I just need to be, I should be doing the things that are the $10,000 projects or Whatever it is, the higher level. And also, yeah, and also to to that point is like do the time study
1: piece so that you understand where you're spending your time, and also put a value to your own time. Right, like if if I'm worth fifty bucks an hour, then some of like some of the the smaller pieces that there are exceptional VAs out there for the twenty to thirty dollar an hour piece, and they're and they're actually faster. Mm-hmm. So it's actually going to save you so much more because they're going to get it done in less. They're going to get it done in three hours, as opposed to your five hours at your higher rate is how I like to think about it too. And then, yeah, agreed. When you're doing the time study, you're going to be like, wow, I'm spending a lot of time on like my website or these emails, like hire that out. You don't have to hire somebody. I think a lot of people are afraid that they have to hire somebody like full time off the bat or like on a contract. Like you can hire somebody to come in and finish a job for you just so you can move on. You don't have to worry about the risk of like a long-term commitment. You just need to get past that at first.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, when people start to dip their toe in the water and experience someone who's skilled and experience that support, it becomes addicting. And then you want to hire everything out. (laughs) Um, And so, but you just have to give it a try. And like you said, it's actually costing you more money to keep doing the task, especially the things that you're not good at and you're not skilled at. Than to outsource it. And so we really have to tap into the future version of ourselves or, you know, make decisions based on where we want to be versus, you know, this present moment where it might feel like you can't afford it, but in actuality, you can't afford not to do it. Not to. Agreed. So on the other side of the spectrum, when it comes to the director of operations role, I know this is a big thing for a lot of our mastermind members and some of my Mm -hmm. private clients who are further along in business. And now all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? I want to be the visionary. I don't want to be running the company. I don't want to be managing all these moving pieces. So can you talk to us a little bit about what a director of operations actually is and how you know if you're ready for that person?
1: Yeah, so the director of operations level really is that strategic partner. And they... So once you have key people on your team for all of those areas, like for your marketing, for um, like some admin tasks and attack, I'd say those are like the three things, main things, and then you can have more. Um if then you're going back and doing that time study and you find that you're spending more time managing your team and delegating tasks and answering questions, that's when you need an operations expert to come in and take that part off your plate. Because again, now your internal rate that you're going to, quote, pay yourself, like you need that time back to charge people who will actually pay your rate, if, if you know what I mean, And so you need your time back. So you need an operations person to come in and help manage your team, make sure everything's flowing. Um, So on my level, like I have one main retainer client, I'll work with the visionary, get her projects, get her goals on like the project management tool, so to speak. And so I know ahead of time what needs to be done, what needs to be delegated out, what pieces need to be accomplished in order to hit those goals. So she doesn't have to stress about making sure all those pieces are done or delegated to her team. So I'll take that. I'll work with the team, make sure um, all the standard operating procedures are in place. All all of the tasks have clear direction of what they need. They all have deadlines. Um, Yeah, if any, like, copy or graphics need to be done on time, like, that's all all on me. Um, But plus, like, we also end up looking into your data. Like, we do um, key performance indicators. So, we'll set goals. And then if you want to, say, grow your list or... um, increase your conversion rates. Like, I mean, I can go on forever, but there's like, we, we'll set goals in the company to make sure that the company's goals are being met, like usually revenue, profit, all that kind of stuff. Um, so there, yeah, there's team management, there's, it can even like help with with the strategy of revenue, whether it's, do you need to bring on, or what, when's the right time to create a new product? Looking at products, getting feedback from students to see if something needs to be updated or you know the the client acquisition, the client' onboarding, how they're enjoying the product. like there's just so much that you really you need there's there's so much to a business at that point that you need like that second set of eyes to help kind of deliver the information to the visionary in a way that's not overwhelming. It's just like clear and concise this is what's going on in your business your team's doing great, they're managing their hours. Um, So you can really focus on those visionary pieces, like coming up with with more strategy or networking and JV partners, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Thank you for explaining all that. And I think it's so important to think about because especially in the beginning of building a business, it's like, go, go, go. Let's just get the products out there. Let's just make as many sales as possible. And then sometimes we forget to get clear with our audience about what they're loving and what they really Mm -hmm. want. Like We forget to do some of the research pieces. Then we bring on team members. We forget to ask them if they're satisfied in the role and if things are moving smoothly because we're just trying to reach our overall business goal and we're not necessarily in the nitty-gritty and I don't think a visionary should be in the nitty-gritty they're supposed to be the visionary and looking towards the future creating you know the big picture plan and then working with someone like you to really get it dialed in and actually execute agreed and so for people listening, obviously this sounds really amazing. It sounds very attractive. Everyone now wants a director of operations. <laughs> um, at what point should your business be at financially, if there is a point, in order to hire someone like yourself?
1: If you're going to hire a director of operations as a retainer, um from my experience, like and this is this isn't like Black and white, so take it with a grain of salt. But um, I worked with many clients that were kind of hovering around just breaking the six figures that wanted to scale higher, and I didn't feel like they like they they needed to work on a couple more things, or they needed a couple more team members for that budget first. And so I really found the sweet spot was more like the three fifty a year revenue and then they were really trying to grow to that seven figure. Like that's, that's like their really main, main, and I would say a lot of people tend to plateau there too. They, it's like, okay, I reached a six six figure business and it's the whole mindset. Like now what, right? Like they didn't think beyond. And so they need like the extra step and they need the extra set of eyes to get them past that. Um, That being said, like you don't, again, you don't have to hire somebody on a full-time retainer. Like you could, Higher, like director of operations are are really taught a lot of strategy as well. So sometimes you just need to have like, say a strategy session you could do once a quarter, which is a lot cheaper per se than a retainer. And then again, you're getting somebody's outside looking in, okay, this is kind of what needs to be fixed in your business. You can get that feedback. You can get like a 90 day roadmap to then implement into your business to help you build that bridge to where you need to be to bring someone on more in a retainer capacity. And I say retainer because it could be as little, I'd say 10 hours a week is a sweet spot. I've done a lot of like 5-hour-a-week contracts with people, but you're not really in the business enough. Again, I feel like you should have another team. Like even if it's just a project manager to take some of that stuff off of your plate to help you get ahead... Um, but yeah, you could hire some, you can hire a director of operations for anything from 10 hours a week up until full-time. Like there are many companies who have a full-time position and then they're fully just committed to your, your business and your work. Um, and then obviously beyond there's some DOOs that work with eight and nine figure businesses. And like, obviously that's a very important position.
0: Love it. So what would you say some of the mistakes are that people make with team and hiring, especially in the beginning?
1: I would say the biggest hurdle that you have to think about is before you actually hire someone, you really need to have an onboarding process. Like a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I got hiring this VA. They say on their resume that they have all these skill sets. And so I think there's a lot of the assumption that they know, they're going to know exactly your business and what you're talking about, where you actually have to have an onboarding process that's going to introduce them to your business, maybe a little of the background, show them where they can find things. And right, this is all setting it up so that they're not asking as many questions. If you set them up properly in your business, it will take less of your time. Where a lot of people's apprehension is, I need to hire, but I don't have time to train them. And that's where the onboarding piece is, is once you set it up, whether it's like different documents or videos or whatever. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but it's a little time upfront, but then you can reuse it for everybody who comes into your business and you'll like tweak it every time somebody comes in and then they ask more questions. You're like, right, that's good clarity. I'll add that to the document or I'll add that to the video and the steps along the way so that they're really clear on what their, what your business is, your voice, your brand, your mission, your vision your values, even so that while they're working, they have all that in mind. And then again, it's just less questions back to you. So I'd say that's like the biggest thing is when you think you're ready to hire and you're worried about training, just carve out some time or as you're doing things, like just kind of take a recording and like poke around and do a video so that you can then have that ready to go as training material.
0: Yeah. That's so great. I totally know what you mean. In the beginning, I did not have anything. And then there was somebody we were bringing on. I was like, okay, let's hustle. Let's make it all. And now you can actually you know, have that process that you repeat. So mm-hmm. you mentioned a few metrics and going into the behind the scenes of different businesses just to see what's working, what's not. What are some of the top KPIs that people should be focused on just to look at the, the behind the scenes and really identify the health of the business?
1: Oh, there's so many. <laughs> okay, the key, the key couple, ones. ones. Yeah, just a couple. Um, metrics is really going to be all the numbers that you track in your business, right? So that we're thinking um, revenue, profit, expenses, if we're thinking the money numbers. But then also, I like to set up dashboards for people so they they understand... And um, also the visibility, like, are people actually coming to your webpage? Are people actually coming to your sales page? Are people actually going to like your Calendly link to book a call with you? And then once you have visibility, like you can put, say, say you're like, okay, I'm interested in putting this product up and I put up a, a sales page, but nobody comes, like nobody's interested in it. Then, um, yeah, like, then, you know, like, okay, well, that's not a viable, like, nobody's coming to that, then it's not interesting or vice versa. If a lot of people are going to your work with me page, but you're not getting a lot of, um, like call requests, then, then maybe it's like the messaging on, on your work with me page. Like, so I, f- I find that numbers can just really tell the story behind the scenes in many different ways. Like, or you can like, you know, in social media, if you're tracking your following or you're tracking your email list and it's growing, but you're sending people to your sales pages or or you're inviting people to book a sales call or like a services call with you, um, but they're not coming. So then it's like, it's almost like a vanity metric that, oh, I have this massive list, but if if my revenue isn't really showing the same kind of growth, then it, it really just hones in on the different areas of your business that you really need to like tweak or modify or rejig in some cases.
0: Yeah, I think awareness is so key when it comes to building your business. And again, that's something that a lot of business owners forget. They're just go, go, go. And you really need to take some time, you or somebody else you need to take time to actually look mm-hmm. at what is working and what's not working. Because sometimes the simplest tweaks can make a big difference. I know even... When we started running Facebook ads, that was something I definitely learned. You know, you can get all the clicks in the world, but if people aren't actually opting in to the landing page, then that tells us something. So, yeah. you know, really looking at what work, what's working, what's not working. And then I think one of my other light bulb moments was just getting clear on where clients are coming from. Because when you actually look at the data and say, oh, okay, that workshop brought us five new mastermind members. Okay, awesome. Let's do another workshop yes. versus let's run ads over and over and over, but we're not actually getting calls booked. Like, you know, there's a disconnect there. So just taking some time every single week or have someone on your team take time to look at where clients are actually coming from, why they signed up with you, and just get clear around what is working so that you can dial that up. Yeah. And the feedback, the feel like aside from the metrics, like
1: always ask your, your people, your students, your clients, your, even your, your pals to like feedback on your copy or feedback on your program or feedback, like, okay, if I'm going to run this retreat again, what would be some things that you would like to see? Like always get feedback and your people will tell you.
0: Love it. Okay. So final question that we always ask all of our guests on the, I Heart my life show. What is one way you recommend people create a life that's better than their dreams?
1: One way to create a life that's better than your dreams.
0: That's worked for you. That's
1: worked for me. Um, I think just set boundaries, like understand at the end of the day, like for me where I am right now, I have a four and a half year old and like yeah, my dreams are like of making more money and all that kind of things. But right now, what's more important to me is time. So I'm 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 choosy with who I work with as they come to me because of the time commitment that I want with my son. And especially rolling into the summer, like I, I haven't had a like an amazing summer. Last summer I was like hustling a little more, but <laughs> but now we're past that. And so. I want to have control over my summer and I want to have a good summer. So right now it's more important to me. And like, that is better than my dream right now, because it's like, it's in the moment and I get to enjoy it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to create a business that I'm constantly like, okay, one day I'll enjoy it. I want to enjoy the journey and not just the destination.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Love it. So you are an amazing coach in the I Heart My Life mastermind. And so people can find you there, but where else can they find you online? I'm pretty quiet online, I will (laughs) say. Um,
1: Currently, my webpage is just angquinn.com. It will soon be changing. I'm rebranding to... Uh, business that just makes more sense of um, helping with operations. So you find me at AngeQuinn.com or
0: on Facebook at Build with Ange. And uh, just reach out to me. (laughs) Love it. Cool. Thank you so much for your time, Ange. I know this was hugely helpful to many people. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so honored to be part of your
0: program as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag I My Life Show. That's hashtag I My Life Show.